I'll be too nervous to. I'll probably lost the words. Lost for Words podcast. I'm joined as ever by Jason. Jason, hello. Good evening, Tom. How are you? Uh, tired. Yourself? Yeah, I'm, I'm golfed out, mate. It's yeah. uh, it's a good job. It actually did finish slightly earlier than normal. Um, look, we've, we've been talking off air. Take absolutely nothing away from Dustin Johnson. Uh, magnificent performance. Not in the slightest bit surprised. I don't think you are either. We sort of mentioned that it was very hard to to overlook him other than the fact that he'd gone single digits when you know finishing second at Houston and uh, he just he never looked in danger I know he sort of tried to do Dustin Johnson things over the first few holes but even then I don't think there was enough pressure on him to really not recover from that and and like Carl was saying in on my live tweet and I decided to do while sitting on the sofa was uh, look he, he had all those holes that, where Rory McIlroy was making a splash and everyone was getting excited and, and everyone else was making birdies he had all those to come and and he just executed so well didn't he throughout the week yeah, if it had finished later, he'd have won by further. <laughs> that, 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 that's what I think. Um, yeah, I mean, he was imperious, wasn't he? I mean, he, to me, he never looked like... You're, you're going to make some mistakes over there, aren't they? Aren't you? But um, he never looked like he was going to get beat once he hit the front. Um, and he was he was imperious. I mean, like you say, there are holes where you expect people like Dustin, um, Kepka, um, you know, the class elements, Thomas McElroy to, to you know, thrive the obvious ones the obvious par fives um and he did it he did the job and yeah i mean as it got towards the stretch it was so easy he started playing away from the pins and away for danger you know parred every hole birdies what he had to and and it was it was yeah it was fantastic and it was great to see him um show so much emotion i thought to be honest with you it's a shame there wasn't a crowd there but um yeah it, look like you say, it was a weird one. It's going to go down in history, so therefore this victory will do. Um, like we discussed before, Brooks Kepka said um, he felt his chance, or Dustin's chance, was obvious because, um, according to Brooks, he picks the ball off and doesn't create a lot of backspin. Um, and therefore, on these greens, he could just, you know, bosh it to a section and, and, and the ball would stop there, as opposed to them getting faster over Saturday and Sunday and spinning back off greens, spinning down hills, Either way, it doesn't doesn't really matter, does he? He was he was so far clear. It you know admirable performances indeed from from uh, Cameron Smith and Sanjay Im. Um, but the rest, I mean, you know, they really weren't on the same planet over four days. The thing is, um, you know, I said to you before, didn't I, that you know I don't think that Cameron Smith or Sanjay Im frightened DJ. And but to be fair, they did exactly. All they could do, didn't they? They were they were really impressive. Cameron Smith looked like he was heavy battle steroids throughout the round. He was getting up and down from everywhere, making birdies when he should have been making bogeys. He, he was he was great. Um, but the golf course, and and, and it's, again, it's no one's fault. It's not Gus's fault. It's not the players' fault. But I just thought that the fact that it was it was basically target golf, and I know there was a little bit of elements of, of still Augusta in there that, that obviously the experienced hand helped Dustin probably pull away from the others. But the fact there was no fans there, he had a four shot lead to start with. Um, JT and Ram didn't get into the final group. Rory didn't either. I just said everything lent itself to him having a pull away victory. 
Do you think there was anything in the fact that there was no fans there that helped him? Um, I, I don't think it made any difference. Oh, sorry, he's playing in the background. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't think it makes any difference whatsoever. I must be honest. I, with I think you. I think that DJ would have won regardless of whether it was yep. the Augusta of of April as it normally is in in the way that it was playing because he's had the experience of playing like that before, hasn't he? Nearly won there before. Um, probably should have won one by now. So. I don't. I think he's just been in that good of a form that it could have been any any set of Augusta throughout. Could have been any amount of people there, anyone in the group, and he still would have won. But I just think that everything played into his hands, and and I think it was a really mature performance. Like from, you know, I think he's learned from his mistakes. I mean, a lot of people, I was desperate for him not to cock up because I just I couldn't mm. cope with the whole idea of him being a choker because this guy's won what is it twenty three times. Um, you know, he wins every year. Um, he's already won a major now. He's probably going to match Phil's major haul, I'd have thought, of five. Um, that Maybe that's a bit of recency bias, but I think he's primed to get there. He's only 36. Like They were talking about him as if he's got like a few years ahead of him. He's probably got 10 with the way he swings. He doesn't swing ferociously, does he? No. I'd say he's probably got 10 at the top of the game still. Uh, you think about some of the players that have contended late on to later years, and... Yeah, I just, I just think he was so such a mature performance. Like you said, he birdied where he had to. He didn't he didn't try and take on eagle chances, even even on like the Saturday, even mm. even on the Thursday, he wasn't pushing anything. He was just picking up the birdies where they were be, where they were there, and that was a slightly easier because of the way the course was playing. But everyone else had the opportunity, didn't they? He didn't he didn't attack anything. He didn't need to. And I think Butch mentioned it in commentary that. Is on 15 where he, because of his fade he was sort of blocked out by the tree so he had to lay up and he said well that just kind of helps him because it takes any risk out he's not going to go into water um, and obviously I don't suppose he would have done that if he didn't have such a lead but it, he just took his medicine where he had to didn't he and I just think it was a really good performance oh, it was excellent yep yeah, like I say I thought we hit the front there were there were others that, that started getting ragged I mean interestingly in round three only two players hit 100% of fairways he was one who was the other Kevin Nahr. No, Bernard Langer. Bernard Langer, that was it. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you Kevin know... Kevin very good, though, apart from his 39 putts on Thursday. Yeah, yeah, but there we are. But, I mean, if you're in front and you, you hit the ball as long as anybody on the field and you're patting well and you're tacking pins and you hit 100% of fairways, you're going to pull away, aren't you? Um, he still had to do it, fair play, but, it, you know... Like... I'm gutted he didn't make that last green as well. That would have been... That would have been really nice for to cap off that. But he. Do you know what? So, do you oh. know what I thought was was bizarre? Was that, sorry to interrupt. Was at the end. Um, obviously a really weird Masters that is going to be shown forever because of the fact that it's unique. Um, and I was quite disappointed. I know he was like two inches from the hole and he was on Sun James line. Yeah. But I was quite disappointed up. that that he didn't hit the last putt. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was him though, wasn't it? I think that's just him all over. He just goes up and hits it. No, I just he looked up. Out he there, looked up. He? I think he looked up, um, and whatever. Yeah, but I mean, you know, I, I, I just thought. Or was that a Sung Jae lost in translation type thing? Maybe. You know, you know, in years to come, you, you you'd rather he hit the that that last pat in and then raise his arms. You know, everyone was cheering, mm. and Sung Jae still got his his par <laughs> to come. I, yeah, anyway. Do you think also? Do you think that you know for years? And look, I don't think he's the brains of, of America, right? But I think that there's this very a common theme that he's he's not very smart, and that's why he doesn't let things get into his head because he's quite simple. And I don't think it's that. I think he's I think he's a bit awkward. 
I think I think I think he's a little bit socially awkward in terms of giving interviews and think and very matter of fact. But I think he's very smart and very intelligent and hardworking. And I think he like you could see when he was being interviewed by Amanda Balionis, he was mm. he had no idea what to say and he and he really you could tell he wanted to say something. He did get emotional because it was it was on the green, wasn't it? When when AJ was getting you know he was completely tearing up and and you could just tell that Dustin was trying to hold everything together because he was blinking and and smiling with his oh. teeth that he never does and. And it was great to see that human side of him. Um, and then just to hear him be so thoughtful. I mean, even they asked him, was it any more special with Tiger putting on the jacket? He said, look, you know, of course you grow up wanting Tiger Woods to put the jacket on you. Um, but anyone could have done it and he'd been happy. Like, you could just tell it meant so much more to him than... And I don't know if that's just a case of, like, it's probably years that people have just been expecting more from him and, you know, he expects more from himself. But I, But I do, I think he's... I think he's excellent. I think that he's probably... I mean, look, if he gets to five majors, is he a top 10 player ever? He's got to be, isn't he? That would be the, that would well, be the target for me is five majors. His current play is, is just stunning, isn't it? And he, he's capped it off with a major. He's yeah. capped off a, a, a stunning run. Where you, can't, you can't kick him out of the frame. You can't knock him off the, you know, strokes gain leaderboards. Yeah. And he's won the Masters. Um, you know, you can, you can make whatever excuse you want you know yes it was it was suited for him blah 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 but he's still got to go on and do it um his attitude throughout the whole thing as well i mean you you watch him he was no different in his demeanor right. playing yesterday as he was when he wasn't trying an inch in houston um his demeanor was was just so similar and it was only after the event after he'd done the job that that you know the real self came through so yeah i mean you know, fair play i think it was it was I hope he wins another one because I, I, you know, I hope he's not just remembered as being, you know, you know, your belief um, that this was, you know, it did suit him, but it shouldn't be just put down that oh, he won that, you know, well, no, but, look, but it, suit, it suited everybody else, though, didn't it? That that that's the thing. Well, he's the not. one. Well, no, but he, but he <laughs> should have done, shouldn't he? But that's the thing is that he's not just this whole asterisk by it thing. I mean, I, I was disappointing how Augusta played but that wasn't anybody's fault and that wasn't his fault and he pulled away and, and commandingly won it when, when everyone had the same opportunity to do it what I would like to see him do is actually complete the Grand Slam because you know I think he's an excellent Open Championship player he could sleepwalk a PGA Championship if you know the, I think it's at Kiowa Island is it next year that's a oh, yeah, local like home course yeah, isn't it yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. look he I think that's well within his reach um, and like you say it'd be nice if it wasn't just that one time he stumbled over his first one and then the, the Masters that wasn't type thing because he deserves more than that he, he you know to be honest he could have won this three years ago and before he had his incident mm. couldn't he and, and we might not even have this conversation he probably would have gone on to win a couple more by then it's just, it comes at different times. I mean, I put it up, I think, what was it, his 45th major start? It took Phil that many to win one. You know, it's just, it takes people longer. Even even the one that, he, yes, he really did chuck away Chambers Bay. Um, but the PGA Championship, he had a rules infraction. The Open Championship was the start of his career when he had that chance at George's. I just, I think people kind of get hung up on him being this choker. And I know he has had chances in between that, but... He wins all the time, multiple times a year, at every level, WGCs, whatever. Like, different gravy, isn't he, I think. Yeah, 
That's uh, I, I haven't got anything else to say on the Masters unless you have. No, I mean just of interest. I mean, you know, you've got five of the top seven finished in the top ten, didn't they? Yeah. Um, DJ Thomas, Rory, uh, Brooks Kepka, and John Rahm. We have to talk about John Rahm's um, eighth hole on Saturday when he yeah. threw any chance he had Look away on, on that on that oh single God, hole. That that was just. I mean, he there was a point where I thought he was going to absolutely fume. Um, and fair play to him because that was the end of the, that was the end of his chance of winning. Yeah. Um, so fair play to him. He you know he, he done that and cocked up yesterday late and then came again. So fair play. Brooks Kepka uh, gave a sort of meh interview. Um, who cares who comes seventh? He's not interested. He's only interested in winning. I thought he showed enough that he could do what DJ's done here um, next time or, or or you know 2020. Two. It's all health. Um, it's health allowance, isn't it? He looks. He looks. He, I mean, I'm not sure I can like him anymore, but he looks, you know, magnificent. Um, yeah, and, and you know, of the others, you know, if we, if we want to talk about the top top seven that were in the betting, um, that was shorter than 25 to one. Um, you know, my man Zander, who I don't know how we got to 17th, having made some appalling decisions through the second and third round. Like the, the curtailed second, and then the renewed third round. I don't know how he got 17th because he played like a dog. Um, so fair play to him. Course clearly suits him, and when he's on, I, th- I still think he'll win one. Uh, and of the rest, you know, meh. You know, we, we Porter played better than uh, we thought he might, um, just because of injury worries. Yeah. Uh, are we mentioning Bryson at all? Look, I, uh, it depends what you take from it. You either believe what he said about not being very well, you know, struggling, or you don't, I think. Um, I think he'll improve, like I said all along. I think he'll play better in April, regardless of what he does in November. Um, I think that Pat Mayo made a very good point on his podcast listened to earlier that he's so regimented in his schedule that all the delays on Thursday carrying on through to Friday, Saturday, etc., really would have played up in his uh, preparation. Uh, and he just brought it all on himself, didn't he? I think that's the problem. I think that that is absolutely it. Well, number one, I don't trust him on the greens, but you know, number two, um, yeah, he's bringing it on himself. And and you know, we have a laugh and we have a bit of banter and we have a joke about some of these. But he he put a tweet up, you know, saying whatever, blah blah blah. Congratulations, Dustin. And some of the replies are shocking. I, I think it's absolutely disgusting. You know, um, has he bought it on himself? Yeah, but now he's going to get, you know. Too much love and too much hate, isn't he? And yeah, but that's the type of, of character he is, isn't it? I think. Well, and yeah, you can. He, you can he mentioned, didn't he, that Tiger had spoken to him because no one was really. I don't think even like we were talking about him, but I don't think anyone appreciated just how much focus there was on him. And people were saying like, "There's never been this much focus on any one person going into a Masters," as except for Tiger Woods. Tiger, like yeah. even even with Roy McIlroy Grand Slams and stuff like that, it was all about Bryson. It was all about what that one man would do. And I don't think he's. I think he's still very comfortable in his own skin. I think he's very comfortable with his with his approach. I think he'll go with the same approach again. I don't think he'll change anything. I think there is still a bit of mental weakness when it comes to because the other times he's like everyone says, oh, he's happy to stick to his routine and happy to stick to his preparation. Well, that was when it was going right. So as soon as he started well at winged foot and carried on going well at winged foot, very easy. Um, I don't think he's quite ready to cope with the adversity when it doesn't. I think he's very adaptable and I think he'll look at what happened this week 
and make the changes he needs to. And hopefully, they're, you know, because he was saying that he really didn't feel well. Like, if that is the case, because he's made a dramatic change. Yeah. And he's saying he's got to get blood tests and things like that. And, you know, all joking aside from everything Bryson is, I hope he's well. Because mm. if he's not, that'd be a great shame for, for, well, for him as a human being, but also golf. So, you know, yes, poke fun at him. Poke fun at the fact that he lost to Bernard Langer. Um, it, it proves everything that we've been saying, that golf is not gone just because Bryson smashes it 380 yards. It's still there. The magic's still there to be had. Um, let's just see what happens. He's not playing now, is he, until January? So we shall see how he comes back. Yeah. Um, other than that, I, you know, Roy did what Roy does at the Masters, I think. He gave himself too much to do on the first day. He did brilliantly to come back. Cannot take that away from him. I can see why people uh, are adamant he'll win one. I just think that the competition is so deep now that it's hard to say anyone's nailed on to win one. Do you know what I mean? It's just everyone said Bryson was nailed on to win one this year. It's just <laughs> there's too many good players that are too suited to this golf course um, other than the two people that I put up that played absolutely poorly. But <laughs> we'll, we'll glaze over that. And uh, we'll also put a note in there that Tyrrell Hatton definitely doesn't like Augusta no matter what form he's in no that's about my summary for it yeah yeah that's fine yeah, yeah. I'll go along with that um, look we, we can talk about it maybe we'll have a little summary towards later in the year on the, on the majors and, and things but we'll uh, we promised we'd do a short one this week to ourselves didn't we um, after some fatigue, we did and... to ourselves. I think we're we a bit. Yeah, we are. Bit, we're in obvious. Let's, let's go to the Joburg Open, shall we? Let's, let's go to the the European Tour. It's in South Africa. Uh, it's a bit of a come down from a major championship, of course, but for a lot of players, it means an awful lot. Uh, Christian Bezwedenhout. I still don't know if I say that right. Bezwedenhout. I thought it was Bezwedenhout. I've read so many contradictory things that his name's Christian until told otherwise. 14 to 1 home favourite. Um, pretty obvious why. Um, but I'm happy to go further down the field. Is there anyone that you wanted to mention between Christian Biswedenhout and a lot of 30 to 1 and bigger? No. I mean, like you say, I mean, they've all got form um, at the Royal Kensington course. Um, how this is all going to play, I think we've taken the approach. Um, you know, of playing well in South Africa, aren't we? I mean, yeah. there are differences between them. There clearly are. Um, but we're going to have to do that. Um, you know, when you look down the list, uh, there are certain players that turn up um, regularly over there, even though they're not in form. So clearly there is, a, you know, there is some sort of link. Um, the European Tour were going on about um, George Kutsia turning up at this. Um, and I thought he was obviously the most obvious favourite. And of course, he hasn't bothered. I don't know why. I don't know why he hasn't turned up. But um, it looked like all their reports up until the entry list came out, Kutsia was 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 in it. But anyway, um, so yeah, Bez, you know, good player, isn't he? Um, would you want to back him at that price? No, of course you wouldn't. It's downgraded. Not coming from but, Augusta, uh, I wouldn't. No, no, you wouldn't. And he, you know, he hasn't got a lot around here. But he's one that could be anything. But there are a number here that um, have potential to improve, and there, and how much that. Yeah, like you say, they're going to be exhausted, aren't they, coming over there? Yeah, I wouldn't want to do it. Daniel Van Ton has been playing excellently in South Africa. It's obviously a South African event. It won't be a massive step up for him. So, you know, you would expect him to go well. Uh, he did open up at 40-1. to 1. That was very obvious that that was going to get 
get cut in. I think there's probably always a little bit of risk when you see these players come from, you know, the Sunshine Tour. I mean, what is it? He's won four events in his last six starts, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, unbelievable form, isn't it? And and it isn't such a big step up that you can't cope. So it'll be interesting to see how he goes. One person I wanted to mention who I'm not picking that um, I just thought was of interest. Marcus Armitage is someone yeah, you know we've been speaking about, haven't we, for a while now. And I'm always a little bit down on him. I don't I find his demeanour a bit annoying. Um, but his his form is absolutely fantastic. Seventh, tenth, twelfth, fourteenth. His last four events had that chance earlier on in the uh, in the return. And generally speaking, you know his his best finishes on the European Tour, third at the South African Open earlier this year, and yep. fifth at the Joburg Open 2017. So, like South Africa, brilliant form. Um, 28 to one was enough to. I don't know. I think it's big enough in this field. To be fair, I don't think it's short because of what he's playing against. But I just. I don't know. I just can't pull the trigger on him. I think he'll probably finish top six or seven without really threatening. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, the courses that are involved, I'm, you know, I'm still not unsure about what courses are involved. They did use these, didn't they, at some point at the South African Open back in January? Yeah, so um, in the South African back in, in uh, January, they had the Fireform course and the Bushwillow course at Rand Park. Uh, they played at both. Um, and, you know, that obviously comes into it uh, it's only the fire form course this week so um, you've got to make sure that if you're looking at the the scores that they shot back at the SA Open you make sure they did it on the on the fire form course Armitage did play well on both courses so not a problem there but there are some that shot, shot 65 63s and stuff and did it on the on the bush willow course that's not being used so that would be the one there. Other than that, this course hasn't been used since 2019-95 when a certain Ratouf Goosen won. So um, there you go. I think that, like we say, it is a case of focusing on South Africa form as a larger entity as opposed to trying to focus on, you know, at the end of the day, the same week, every week, it's always going to be who's sticking their approaches close and who's making the putts, isn't it? Yeah, um, I mean... There's I no mean... secret no, I mean, it's not. I mean, you know, the, looking back at the last couple of years of this event, again, a different course, you know, strokes gained approach and strokes gained pattern are, are, are massively high. Um, you have certain players that appear. So, for example, Ross McGowan, who is playing this week, um, tur- even when he was playing not very well, um, turned up in 2016, 2018. Um, we know that, you know, from recent evidence that, you know, from Italy, he can put the lights out. Aaron Rye appears uh, on the third. So, so you know, it's not the same track, but that is a big hint towards putting being quite important. Yeah. Um, that's the way I've looked at it. I think you've, you've probably got to be, you've probably got to stick them quite close and you've got to be able to knock them in. I know that sounds silly, but there isn't, I don't think there's anything else that's particularly involved here. Um, so, yeah. yeah, we'll see what happens. I just, I just think that it's one of those ones where... Um, no matter how much you know it was used for the SA Open back in January, so there is that to lean on to a certain extent. But otherwise, it's a it's a fairly unexposed golf course at this level uh, that you know we're not really used to seeing. And you know you can lead yourself down some paths if if you just focus on that on that one event in isolation. I'd rather focus on the body of work in South Africa in general. Um, 
like you say that and as we've said off air there are people that play in this part of the world very well don't they and consistently mm. and i think that's enough to to kind of pique the interest as opposed to just focusing on one course so the first person i wanted to mention was a player that that i picked for the cyprus showdown that was johannes veerman he played obviously well they had a great chance to win um talking of the aforementioned south africa open in january he finished 13th there uh, shot 62 at the course that isn't being used um which obviously propelled a lot of lot of his score um but played generally pretty well has been in great form uh and currently ranks fourth in strokes game putting on the year so he's got everything that sort of suggests that he should go well he looks like an improving player um what are your thoughts on him yeah definitely again one of one of a handful that um you know all around that price that that you could say have a great chance i agree with you i mean you did put him up and, and i thought he was absolutely terrific um yeah maybe experience lost him it but he'll, he'll you know he'll keep coming on there's a few youngsters here isn't there in this field i know one we're going to talk about later at four times the price um but he's doing it at the at the right level at the moment veerman and yeah I, I couldn't argue if you put him up why not yeah yeah and the other thing that obviously we we're talking about south africa as a body of work he's had a, a seventh and a thirteenth um you know in two starts in africa so he he obviously like the other seventh coming at the alfred dunhill uh in 2019 so you know there's plenty there for me to to base not you know to get massively excited about but i just think that he is we were mentioning that he was a pretty you know a improving player as it was um he's not that young actually he's he's closer to 30 than, than anything but you know he's relatively inexperienced isn't he um and he's and he's proving to be it's a bit like john catlin i suppose he's got out onto this level and he looks like he could play obviously catlin's won twice but he looks like he can play at a similar sort of level similar sort of style um and i just expect him to go well this week yeah you've got some others at this sort of price range as well haven't you well i mean i, I don't want to say the same thing about ego all the time i, I have no idea what happened um last time at the showdown that was a, a shocking performance um after to be honest showing a, a, a very very high level of form for a number of weeks um you know obviously he's come through from from being a, a class amateur all the way through the big easy tour um and eventually winning his own tour championship last year the 66 66 weekend um what has he got around here he's only played it once in that south african open doesn't really make any difference to me his um, iron play is fantastic, and his putting is, is you know, generally absolutely superb. You know, he'll always get it to the hole. Um, so he's an improving youngster. Will I put him up at the price? It's another one. No, I can't. Um, but it surprised me if he wins by three. No, it's just too many, isn't there? This I, I think this is a really difficult uh, punting event, and I, and I, I, you know, I keep stakes dramatically low because I think you can make a case for. 25 well yeah, i mean i, I said sorry. to you didn't i sorry to interrupt that's what i said and, and to follow on from that point you're making is that there are so many like i expected to come into this event and go oh there's a short price favorite cozier uh you know mm. van tonda and they whoever you know and that'll be it you know pick between those and and try your best um and then when you look further into it there's probably like you say 25 30 players that could that they wouldn't surprise you if you did win um and it's just a case of maybe taking a chance at some longer shots in a in a field that's not 
is I don't, it's not top heavy, is it? I mean, there's there's Christian Bezuidenhaus there, Atwegi is obviously a class player, but the others have all got relative question marks around them. There is a chance for a, a triple digit, you know, person to come in and win it. Yeah, I think there is. I think it'll just, it, you know, it's just a matter of um, how they're going to handle, you know, cameras on the final day, really. Uh, yeah, I think there's so many. I mean, look, a typical South African tournament normally has only five that can win it. Um, all the rest of them always flatter to deceive. The, the amount of players, and you know, this one I fancy. Well, I don't fancy, but one I'm going to, I've got an interest in um, later on that, that is the same thing. There's just so many that flatter. I mean, you look at somebody like, I, don't, I can't remember if you're putting him up or not, um, uh, Jaco Alez, however you say it, right? That'll do. Um, he should have won. He should have won five times the tournaments. He just, you know, the amount that he throws away on the, on the down the final stretch, and, and you can pick out loads of these South Africans that do exactly the same, and, and they they turn up, and every week they make a good few quid, and at the end of their career, you look down it, and they've had like you know 135 outings and one win, but they have yeah. so many seconds, thirds, false fifths, you know. Um, they they just can't win, so it may be worth taking a chance on um, one of the less exposed types, I suppose, um, to come through because th- these just a lot of these don't have balls, unfortunately. Yeah, well, Yako is one that I'm not putting up, thankfully. So, uh, but he is a prime example of what you're saying, and, and 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 the thing for me was I don't think there's a massive step up in quality between a, sun, a regular Sunshine Tour event where their form currently is and this event but like you say the big element is there are going to be tv cameras there there is going to be uh a tim barter interviewing you halfway down the fairway there is going to be a wayne riley throwing your golf ball around so you can say you found it so there are different elements that that are there that aren't there on a regular week Mm. um and there are certain players there that are not you know you don't always compete against so is it going to be slightly different if you're paired together with an arnaus that you don't normally play with with a a yost louton you know it, it, there's different elements, isn't there? Um, and it's just about who coaches with it best. Um, the the one person I'm going to go with uh, before we get to the triple digits now is Scott Jameson. Um, talk about someone that could have won more. Uh, he's certainly one of them, isn't he? Um, but Nelson Mandela Championship 2012 is where he did win. Uh, the that was the short one, wasn't it? It is, yeah. Stevie Webster, yeah. That was it, yeah, yeah. yeah. I always remember your loss, your big losses, don't you? <laughs> and and that's the thing so he's won that the, which again it's a short event so it's hard to to class as a win but he will have the memory of winning in South Africa his biggest ever payday and performance was a second in the in the Ned Bank in 2017 to Brandon Grace um, that's a very prestigious tournament um, you know no matter who you are really um, and then he's just got absolutely bundles of form in this part of the world Um he shot a final round 78 at the Schwani Open 2015 after leading after three rounds. Uh, he's got three top four finishes at the Alfred Dunhill Championship. He was sixth at the 2011 Joburg Open. Um, he, he just he really likes this part of the world. It brings out the best of him. Um, and you know he had two top tens, you know, earlier on in the restart, didn't he? When you were sort of talking about liking his chances. And then he's kind of gone off the boil a little bit, but he shot 64 day one at the Scottish Open. Had a really bad second round at the Scottish Championship, which cost him any sort of run there. But otherwise, there's, there's little bits of form there. And I just think that he's the type of person that will relish 
going back to South Africa and whereas there's some others that will be laboured from coming from Augusta, there'll be some that are, you know, fed up of being in the bubble life type of thing. He's probably quite looking forward to getting over there uh, and and taking advantage of some of the, the signs of form that he's been showing. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, he lives over in the States now, doesn't he? So it's, he's plodding about the world, isn't he now? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, actually, I mean, look, I, I have him... You know, I have these little groups of players that that, that I think are very similar, and I, for whatever reason, I always think I'm the same. So Jameson and Morrison, I think, are always the same. Yeah. Same sort of player, they do the same sort of thing. Morrison likes it round here. Uh, I know he's not playing this week. Um, Jameson likes it over here. I, I they, they don't win, do they? Um, they might fall over the line, I suppose. Um, yeah, you know, you you put your money up and you you pay your choice, don't you? So yeah, sixty-six to one with Skybet, which is double the price elsewhere. So, Yeah, that just caught, yeah, you can it see just it, caught my you? eye, Absolutely. really, that of someone that regularly plays well in this part of the world. And it, you know, it's very easy to go and pick a South African as a home favourite and, and take your pick of which one you want to do. Um, and, we, and I'm going to come on and pick one in a minute anyway, but or two maybe. But, you know, he, he strikes me as someone that literally loves this part of the world. And like you say, he's 66 to 1 at Skybet, six places, which is the second highest place terms. And he's 33, 40s everywhere else. It's just, he's he's a he should be a quality player in this field. Mm. Hasn't got the wins to back that kind of statement up, so I won't go too much into it. But he is of a certain quality, and, and hopefully he proves that this week. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, can't complain. Any more before we get into the... I can't the complain about any of them. That's the problem. I <laughs> yeah, mean, go down... This. Just you know, I mean, some you know Sharma, he's he's playing exceptional golf at the moment. Is obviously a past winner of this event, although on a different course. Um, he's playing exceptionally. No surprise to see his, his price going. I'd imagine Ben's put him up because you know he's been putting him up for ages, and <laughs> he's desperate to get a win out of him. Um, so that'll probably go blue at some point. Um, I have to mention De- uh, Dean Burmeister, um, who I've been following for, I think most of. Uh, post lockdown thing I think haven't I first lockdown yeah you, yeah, you were you, I'm a big a, fan, a fan of, of his, isn't it? I'm a big fan of Dino um, I keep saying he's an, he's an awesome putter he, he always tries and he just seems not to hold the ones that matter um, one day it's going to happen um, obviously returning home might might be a good thing he hasn't got a lot around here um, but you know he, he's got he's another one who doesn't win enough I mean you look down his list um his wins are sort of sporadic, very rare, in fact. But he has plenty of plenty of, of top finishes. Um, thought he played really, really well in Italy last week. Uh, last week, last time. Um, really had a go at the 18th from about 250, 260 yards. Went straight over the pin and just unfortunately got a hard bounce and left himself a really tough, well, tough everything. Tough eagle chip, tough birdie putt, everything. Um so, yeah, you know, I'm a big fan of Burmost. I think he'll go well at home. Is he value at 33? Yeah. Meh. I don't know. I don't know. I just have to mention him because, you know, the Italian form as well. We'll go on about the Italian form. Um, it, again, this may have zero to do with anything. So that's my caveat. But, they're, they're, oh, God. Right, okay, there are links. <laughs> Italy, right? I've told you this one before we went off, didn't I, right? So Sharma was, uh, played well in Italy, um, 2000, uh, yeah, yeah, whatever, right? Um, he beat a number of South Africans, including uh, Eric Van Royen, 
who was uh, 10th there. Van Royen was second when Sharma was seventh in Turkey, which is another one of Sharma's, you know, best handful of results. Um, and he was also second to Sharma when Sharma won uh, in 2018 this event down at um, the Royal um, Golf Course. Um, does Italy make any difference? Possibly, because uh, in 2020, you've got Cantor, who was second, as we know, to our chagrin, I believe is the phrase we're looking for. Um, and Cantor's also got form uh, over in South Africa. Uh, Burmaster was fifth there. So if, for whatever reason, I can't put my hand on it, Italy has anything to do with it, then Burmaster will get placed here this week. There you go. You heard it here, folks. You know, you've got to look for something different, and, and it's, it's convoluted, but what the hell. Um, so, yeah, look, look. Higo, Burmester, Sharma. Uh, Dejaga's played well, um, you know, and obviously goes back home again. Um, I'm a big fan of him going back home. I think I think probably a South African will win. Um, and then after that, no, you can you can carry it down. What are you doing? Triple figures now, are we? Yeah, I'm into the hundreds of one. It's Jax Blau. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been in really good form. Um, and you know it was one of those ones where I think is it a kind of trappy play that he's playing well on the on the uh, Sunshine Tour, but you know when it comes to it he's not going to be good enough. But look, he's fourth, second, sixth, and fifth. His last four starts, um, and then when you sort of take a dive into his kind of career as a whole, um, he's not pulled up any trees. But he was second in the Schwani Open in 2015. Um, that was behind George Coetzee. He shot 61 in the final round to lose by one. Uh, after shooting a 72 on the first day. Um, he was fourth at the SA Open in 2018, which is where Chris Paisley won. Um, you know, so he can obviously make a step up to this kind of level. And then when, you know, he had another sixth at the Shawnee Open in 2017, two top sevens in the Joburg Open. And then I looked even further, and he's played in the Corn Ferry Tour, as well, 2017, he finished fifth at the Utah Championship. There's absolutely no link between this golf course or anything like that. But what I thought was interesting is three of the five, or three of the people that finished ahead of him, are all PGA Tour winners, and one of them is Abraham Anser. So you have Bryce Garnett, Rob Oppenheim, Abraham Anser, Austin Cook, Denny McCarthy, Nate Lashley. Okay, they're, they're the sort of people that finished above him. So he's he's a quality player. He shot 61 in that event as well. He can go low when he feels comfortable. Um, he's just playing out of his skin. And if that is any sort of way transferable to this week, I'd see no reason why it wouldn't be. He's played well enough when it's come to bigger events. He finished 15th in that SA Open earlier this year. Um, why not? I just think that he had a 73 final round there as well, so probably should have finished better. It, I just think, for me, he's made... his sort of person, obviously, is used to playing at this level at Sunshine Tour level um, but when he has had the rare opportunity to put himself in bigger fields he seems to be comfortable with it and what else do you need from someone that's 100 to 1 yep so that was that was one I was going to go to and there's also one I think just coming up after him that we both sort of spoke about off air um, and I'll let you go into a bit more detail on him well first first let's mention Justin Waters who we never know what he's going to do <laughs> but has has major form and let's not forget this yeah, yeah. Um, and he, he you know he's obviously going back home um, and really in, in comparison with some of the others I'm you know, nobody knows what he's going to do do we um, but you know I just thought going back home in comparison with some of the others he 125 could potentially be big if you want if you can get a top 
75 finish or something. Um, but yeah, I mean, um, the youngster, Jaden Trey Shaper, um, looks like, well, yeah, looks like he's going to be a machine, doesn't he? Um, right. As a youngster, I mean, you know, virtually unbeatable um, as an amateur um, at home in South Africa. Um, I believe he won the under 13s, under 15s, under 17s boys titles over there and then won the under 19 as a 16 year old. Um, obviously, he's turned pro very, very recently. Um, we talk about the uh, first round played round here in the um, South African Open in January. He shot uh, 65. Uh, I was on the, that was on the other course, wasn't it? The 65. Yeah. Um, but he still he still shot 67, 69, 70. He uh, went off um, in the final two ball on the Saturday. Um, I think he was, he was either playing or he's, he's mentored by Louis. Um, um, and yeah, I mean, he finished sixth in that tournament. He could have gone, could have gone anywhere, couldn't he? Could have gone completely backwards. Uh, but since then, he's played absolutely fantastically at home. I know they're not. I mean, they are Sunshine Tour events, but you know, his figures are twelve, twenty-nine, seven, five, and seventeen. Three, you know, most of them are three, three-round events. It'll be interesting to see what he does over four. Didn't mind it here last year. Um, he could be anything, couldn't he? Um, and and that's quite exciting when when a player actually is that good at such a young age and is now seeming to have absolutely no um, nerves no no oh, there's, there's nothing I mean they all talk about him being as calm as anything in contention um, yeah what else can you say about him he looks like he's going to be uh, yeah very very good in a couple of years to me yeah absolutely and there was another one uh, I don't know if if I've missed you saying him or Bryce Easton you wanted to mention as well yeah I did but I don't want him anymore you don't want him anymore well he had a third place finish at the South African Open which was on the Sunshine Tour which actually was at this golf course a bit more further detail into it uh, that was won by Louis Oosthuizen. Um so I imagine that might put you back on him at 82 no. no 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 I mean I did like him but but looking at his record again you're only, I think you're only playing for places aren't you um I mean, don't get me wrong. He, you know, he's 12th in strokes gained approach on on the European Tour. He's got the 16th in Italy, which, um, uh, again, I, I I always put something up. Don't I? That's different. Um, you know, it may be that something. It probably is absolutely nothing. Um, he had a great putting putting week then. I, I just thought he, you know, 16th in Scotland, 16th in Italy, going back home, like you say, he's got the third there. Um, 2014, he was 14th, but that was only four shots. Just a shot around outside third place. He's he he just doesn't win, does he? Just I mean, others are rare winners. <laughs> he doesn't win, and you'd you'd struggle. So I've gone off in um, potentially in favour of you know others like um, well Schaefer we had anyway. Yeah. But I was looking at Jonathan Caldwell for a bit as well, who's playing. Yeah, well. I was actually surprised you didn't mention him earlier because I thought that would be someone because you you've liked him for quite a while, haven't you? Yeah, he's a good great putter. Um, the only, th- I mean, 125 to one to get into contention. He's going to be 200 on Betfair, isn't he? So that may well, again, may well be the play. I mean, both him and, and Schaefer, I would think, are going to be 150 on Betfair, and you're only looking for what's our rule, a quarter. Yeah. So you're only looking for 37, 38 to, to double your money and leave it run. That's, don't think that's much in this field, to be honest. There's probably going to be a hundred leaders in this event over the four days, I'd imagine. Um, yeah, he's a great putter. He played well. I just um, when he was in the showdown, he started off absolutely fantastically. Um, 
and then well he looked he looked like um he was caught in the headlights on saturday night on 17 and 18 he didn't seem to have a clue what he was doing he'd lost all control of his arms um as he was sort of making the final 16 then he started off well again on the sunday and then just faded away he's going to want to be out of the out of the limelight but you know at the prices why not you know you're not yeah. doing any harm are you this is the thing is that when you get these are the people that we're talking about we've we're taking chances isn't it you know these prices at this level they're they're not out of the realms of possibility there's a lot of players that are lower prices because people generally just don't know who they are and there's people that are horrendously out of form that might just surprise like a Reese Enoch for example is is, is you know, plays yeah. South Africa doesn't he yes, um one other person that, was, that sort of put a tweet out earlier that we follow just because he was on the podcast is Oliver Wilson um he's looking forward to to the three run stretch that he's got in South Africa um he started showing a little bit of form in Cyprus opened up with a 67 before missing the cut in the end but even the reason the reason I sort of mention him now is because he was in that when you're looking at Bryce Easton tied third there, Oliver Wilson was also tied third. Yes, yeah. Played the course very well. Um, wouldn't have to do an awful lot to outplay 350 to one odds. Um, 300 to one, sort of with a few more places, seven places. But yeah, I just, again, there's absolutely no confidence in that because he is obviously not in the best place of his game at all. Um, but there are signs. He's, he's sort of playing better off the tee. Um, he started breaking 70, which is something he's been struggling to do since he came back. He was very bullish when he was on the podcast, sort of saying that um, you know he felt like his game was in good shape, and, and obviously that hasn't materialised yet. But there's no reason it can't do, uh, and that's very similar to someone you're going to come on to in a minute as well. That if, you know these people are saying these things, they're not just saying it for the sake of it. Um, they obviously believe that's the case, and if he's going to return to South Africa, where he's had you know form in the past, Oliver Wilson's worth mentioning at 300 to one. Uh, you know, normally you you would t- yeah you 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 know you'd say oh you know I can't see it because there's so many that he's got to beat. I, I, I absolutely agree with you. I, you know, absolutely no problem with that whatsoever. Stick him up. I mean, Ian normally puts him up. SBI normally sticks him up at a thousand on Betfair, doesn't he? Um, and uh, yeah, why not? You're not asking a lot, are you, to to get some return? Um, and I, I think that's you know that's potentially the key here, isn't it? Well, it's just seven places, isn't it, in a in a, an event that's sort of not that deep. Um, any sort of encouragement. I mean, if he starts off 67, 68 or something, gets a you know gets a bit between his teeth, you you know you don't know what's going to happen, do you? So, thought he was worth mentioning. Another fellow Englishman you want to talk off before we sign off and go on to the RSM. Yeah, friend of the friend of the podcast again, Toby Tree. Um, you know, send, I send him a message every so often just to see how he's how he's getting on. He's really really happy with his game at the moment. The results aren't showing um, what he considers to be improvement. We know that he's now got um, new caddy on board. Um, yeah, he he's he's again he's he's doing what he seems to always do. He, he throws in just the wrong round at the wrong time, doesn't he? The wrong few holes. Um, you know, he's he's not doing much wrong. There's plenty of you know. 68, 66s in his form line. Um, he's just not finishing it off. I mean, he played well in Ireland, but again, potentially could have done better. Um, again, you look at his strokes gained. I mean, it's it's you know one day you're up, but he's up by seven. The next day he's, he's losing three. Um, but you know, I, I just just mention him because he does love South Africa. You know, obviously he spent a lot of time here when he's a kid. He's got friends here. Um, he loves it here. I know he's come over for the next three weeks. I think. 
Um, this is potentially not his course, but um, you know he feels as though his game is better than, than it has been for a while, and, and you know he can carry through, you know thirds, twelfths, you know top fives here. Um, Dimension Daytree loves. I mean their schedule I think is a bit messed up, like like most of them are this year, so it's not going to be the same. But yeah, I, I just thought he was worth throwing at 250 to one. He's going to be 400, 500 on Betfair. Um, potentially, he always he always seems to start well around here um, in South Africa. He's got plenty of mid 60s starts, so potentially a really big price first round leader, especially if he gets an early tea time. But I, I just thought he, you know he was worth mentioning because I, I genuinely think the nature of this tournament is that there won't be a surprise who wins it. No, no, I think you're spot on with that because I think that had there been a George Coetzee, Charles Schwartz or Louis Ustase and top three like there normally is in this kind of thing, you'd expect it to go to one of them, wouldn't you? Um, it's not like that this year. I know Christian Bersweedenhout's there, but he's not of that ilk yet. He's not a major champion. He's not a regular winner in these fields. Um, that There's just enough question marks for, to suggest that, that these sort of overpriced long shots, if you like, um, have a chance so I'm, I'm happy to go with that so just to summarise my picks on there Johannes Veerman, Scott Jameson Jacques Blau and then I agree with you on Jaden Schaefer and I just think it's interesting to keep an eye on Ollie Wilson probably just check out what his price is on Betfair as you mentioned um, hopefully he sort of goes out to slightly fancier prices but I think also the uh, top 7 at 300 to 1 is a fair price as well yeah uh, I, 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 I just don't know uh, Jane Schaefer, I think uh, Schaefer is definitely worth a, a try at 125 bigger because he could be absolutely anything. It'd um, be really, really interesting to see if he's in contention and what he does. Um, so, yeah, 125. Um, similar to you with Ollie Wilson, you know, Toby's going to be a big price on Betfair. Um, it will happen one day for him if it's going to. I think we, we both expect it to be in South Africa. The thing with him, isn't it, is that. He, I mean, you say you spoke to him, I spoke to him, I don't know what it was, maybe three or four weeks ago, and he basically just said, it's on the greens. He just has an absolute yeah. brain fart on the greens. Um, but we know that can change. Like That can change in an instant for any player in the world. Um, obviously, it takes longer for some people to happen to. Um, but you can just get a good you know, run of the greens early on in the tournament, and that's enough to, to build your confidence. And if he's going to be confident anyway, like you keep alluding to, it's going to be South Africa. He's not going to be able to go and have the jolly ups that he normally has that makes him feel so comfortable over there because it's a it's a bubble, isn't it? But um, look, he's going to be comfortable with surroundings. He's going to be happy with the journey. The journey's not going to bother him because these are all these sort of little intricacies that people don't think about, do they? I mean, like a little bit of jet lag, a little bit of travel that you're not used to, an airport you're not used to, a journey you're not used to, not getting the right sleep because you're petrified of what's outside in South Africa. <laughs> There's so many little factors and people that constantly go over there and play well and show that they like the area, got to keep an eye on. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, add to them. I, I will put Burmy up because you've got to put a home player up, haven't you? Um, yeah. I think it's likely to go to one, so I'll put him up because he bloody well deserves to win one soon. <laughs> Bryce Easton, uh, you've, I don't think you convinced me yet, but yeah, he's well worth mentioning. And Jonathan Caldwell, I, I'm no no confidence whatsoever. Um, it, it wouldn't surprise me to see Higo win by 10. Um, and equally, it wouldn't surprise me to see, you know, I don't know, Bryce Easton fall over the line. You know, it's, it's, I don't know. It's as simple as that. It will be enjoyable. Um, but what I do in terms of punting, I, 
I think I just, it's a nice change of pace, isn't it? I think it's a nice, um, you know, it'd be a leisurely tournament to watch if you can catch any of it. Um, and, you know, like we said at the start, keep your stakes low, but just there's there's probably some plenty of value out there that, because I think there's enough people in there to make it an interesting betting event, but not one to get too excited about. Um, yeah, I think, I think yeah, that's right. That'd be a, a very, very good tournament. You know, if you're a trader, that, uh, and you know, then I'd be sitting in front of them, bashing away at the short prices who are going to fail in front when they get there. <laughs> RSM Classic. Now, this is a, a bit more of a predictable uh, style of event, I suppose you could say. I don't think the winners have ever been predictable because a lot of them are made and victors are, um, you know, they're, they're not normally in form when they come here. I think it'd be slightly different this year with how the schedule's gone, but... Um, you know what you need to do here, don't you? It's a it's a greens and putting contest. Um, Charles Halderford, Mackenzie Hughes, Kevin Kisner, Chris Kirk, uh, Robert Streb. Who else am I missing? Tyler Duncan last year. Missing someone else. Trying uh, to think who it is now. Oh yeah. But that's that is the list, isn't it? That that's the type of people that win here. Um, Austin Cook. Austin Cook, who I've missed on there. He's another maiden victor. Tommy Gainey. Uh, ben Crane, Heath Slocum are the others I missed back in the earlier days. Um, sea Island Golf Course, Sea Island, St. Simmons Island is in Georgia, is where a lot of players uh, live, practice. Um, you know, I'll give you sort of a few names to talk about there, but it, it's just it's generally predictable who's going to turn up here, what sort of event you're going to get. And I think that's reflected in the, the sort of people that are shorter odds. Would you think that's fair to say? Yeah, I, I think it's, you, you, it's South Africa is like as open as anything, because I think anyone can win. Over here, I think you've got quite a lot of people that make considerable appeal. And, and it's going to be, you know, that, that, that one who shoots that 64, isn't it, on the right time. So, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a really good tournament because it's after the Masters. I didn't think. You know, there may be some withdrawals. Who knows? But uh, yeah, it's cracking. Well, I thought I thought these people would have withdrawn before this event. I didn't expect Webb Simpson, Tyrrell Hatton, Tommy Fleetwood, uh, Fitzpatrick, Justin Rose, Jason Day. I didn't expect any of these sort of players to be here. So I think there's thanks to them being here, uh, and thanks to me possibly having enough question marks over some of those. It's made for a really interesting betting event for me. But just to give you a rundown of sort of people that have. Um, that sort of practice here, have lived here. Harris English uh, has trains at Sea Island. Brian Harmon trains at Sea Island. Zach Johnson trains here. Patton Gazire trains here. Uh, Kucha lives here. Uh, Davis Love, who's the host, lives and practice here or has a home here. Keith Mitchell, JT Poston, Hudson Swafford, Josh Teeter, Michael Thompson. There's some names there. I'm sure you've got some others as well. There's University of Georgia links as we're going to go on to as well, but it's it's a type of you know place on the tour schedule where there's a lot of links and a lot of players that you know have ties to this golf course. Yeah, it's obviously a nice place to live, isn't it? Yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, yeah, I think it'd be a nice place to put up put up ranks, wouldn't it? Webb Simpson is the overwhelming ten to one favourite. Um, it's pretty hard to argue with, uh, other than the fact that he was you know he's just had four weeks at Augusta. Four weeks, four days. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's only the tournament, though. It's not as if they've got to travel across America, is it? No. Um, I mean, let's face it, if you won on Dustin, they, they, you know, you, you could potentially save today. 
I'll, I'll shove it each way on web this week. Um, it, it, it's very, very hard to fault, isn't he? Um, two I mean, seconds look, and a third here is highlights, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, two seconds and a third. We we know the, the type of course that, that you know we want. We know he plays well. All the same courses every single year. You know, he's the Wyndham. You know, it's it's just the same all the time with him, isn't it? Um, there's that group of players. It makes perfect sense. You know, you've got the Kevin Kisner that backs up the same sort of player. Um, if you look back, the par three seems to be really, really important. Last year, um, uh, of the top five par three players, you've got Duncan, uh, Munoz and Webb. Year before, Rogers and Charles Howell. I mean, they're all up there at the end of the tournament. Um, Webb Simpson's fourth in par three performance over the last three months. Um, he's top 20 in par fours. We know his putting's better than ever. He's got form at the Sony. He's got, I mean, it just goes on and on and on. There's nothing hidden, is there? Um, and yet you can get 10 to 1, and it isn't the worst. I mean, apart from that hangover, it really isn't the worst price you've ever seen. I think it's just the fact that obviously you've got Tyrrell, who's in the form of his life behind him. You've got Sun oh. Jim, who's just come, you know, from a major. Tommy Fleetwood. You've got some. You've got plenty of names there, haven't you? To, you know, if they weren't here, what what price would he be? I mean, he could be a six to one, eight to one favourite, couldn't he? Quite easily. I mean, yeah, but I mean, he's actually got it here, isn't he? I mean, it's it's, you know, he he knows every blade of grass here, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, as I say, he used, I, to, have I a, he used others, to have a house here. So <laughs> I think the others are are, are terrific. I think Till Hatton's terribly short, um, certainly in comparison. Um, yeah, I'd I'd have Simpson a cut point shorter, and and you know, I'd, I'd lay Hatton all day long. Um, Sung JM, as you rightly say, you know, that was a that was a hard weekend for him, wasn't it? Yeah, because um, he was because he was even probably up until probably the sixth or seventh hole, we knew he had to. You know, he knew he was rightly there, grinding away, hoping that Dustin would fall back. But he did everything he could. It's just that Dustin was too good, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, that was a bounce back to form as well. Um, yeah, absolutely. You know, from nowhere, and um, you know, he's going to get an awfully big check, and he's going to get a lot more publicity. Um, he did wear the best shoes, though. I thought his Saturday shoes were really fantastic. <laughs> um, I did, oh, but the, the, the angles were brilliant, weren't they, Augusta? Where the cameras yeah, they're were very going. good. They, they, you know, they were superb. And a close-up of his shoes on Saturday. That was good. He said he um, comes to nowhere. He was, he was showing his sort of signs, wasn't he? Oh, no. he really? Well, not, he'd finished 13th at the was, Shriners. He shot a 63. There was nothing that, that, that looked like he was going to do that. I um, didn't fancy him at all. We had uh, I had Lee Aldrich on from uh, Fanship yes. Sports, and he was all over his chances. He really liked him. And, and, and I sort of questioned him. I sort of said, well, you know, yes, okay, his, his iron play is improving, but... What he's good at isn't improving as much. Um, he'd gone sort of 45th, 41st, 50th, and then finished tied second at Masters. So I can see your point. But when you look, when you sort of widen it up and, and look at maybe a little bit further, I suppose you could say that, you know, he had that form in Shriners. He played okay in Sanderson's ninth for the Wyndham. There was enough there to kind of suggest that he was piecing it back together. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I just think if you rank 51st in Greens in Reg on a normal Augusta Masters, You've got um, no chance. Yeah, yeah, you got no chance. I mean, at the end of the day, he's, he's played brilliant. I'm not knocking him, um, but it's a big hangover. And, and you know, I, I mean, I fancy him more than Till Hatton, um, but I, I just think Webb does look an outstanding favourite. I mean, we, we say we don't back ten to ones, and that's why we weren't on Dustin last week. Um, yes, much to our peril. Yeah, absolutely. But he looks, he looks bomb-proof, doesn't he, Simpson? 
Yeah, look, whenever he's expected to play well, he does play well, doesn't he? He's, you know, when he looks obvious, there's a reason he looks obvious. And, you know, I'll text Paul Desori later in the week and say, you know, good luck this week. And he'll say, yep, feeling good, love being here. And and that's the summary he, of Webb Simpson. His stats just remain the same for the entire season. They, they, you know what I mean? He's just the same all the time, um, certainly on courses that he loves. And yeah, I it's, it's nothing hidden. Ten to one. It's 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 very very fair. Yeah, I, I do wonder how much last week took out of him, but he was never there after no, day one, was yeah. he? Um, so I don't, I don't think he'll be too bothered. Whereas I think that likes of Tommy Fleetwood was putting together, a, you know, a decent weekend. Matt Fitzpatrick, I thought was disappointing, but he was there for the whole four days. Jason Day. <laughs> I'm just surprised some of these names are here. Like, mm. I really am surprised. Um, you know, Louis Eustazen wouldn't wouldn't expect him to be here. Shane Lowry. I mean, he keeps he's basing himself over here now, isn't he? So he's playing a lot more events. But um, yeah, I'm just surprised by some of the names that are here. But one person that we haven't mentioned in that sort of list um, that does have the University of Georgia connection. That's Russell Henley. We both spoke about you know off air playing some fantastic golf at the moment, and obviously lots of golf course. Yeah, well, him and him and Simpson look by far the most attractive of the top what twelve, fifteen, yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah, they they look they look extremely solid. Yep, um, Henley, obviously. Um, I mean, I know we discussed, you know, a possible potential link to the heritage, um, which he, you know, he hasn't got, but he's got plenty of that Sony Honda form, so plenty of sort of windy conditions. Um, he's got miscut last twice, but before that. Before that, he was doing really well around here. Um, I mean, he's gone. Off, he went off form for a little bit, didn't he? He's got three top tens between 2014, 2016. Um, yeah, he's playing really well. His stats are fantastic, aren't they? His approaches mean that he's guaranteed to get birdie putts um, for an awful lot of the lot of the round. Um, what more can you say? It's, it's whether whether he holds them, isn't it? Really? Um, yeah, his ball striking. He, he should have won. I mean, he should have won. Or he could have, could have, should have. So a lot of them. At the uh, CJ Cup, yeah. um, you know, I thought he stalled in front there, which would would be a slight worry, but that was a, a bit Mickey Mouse place. Um, but at least he, at least he's now had that kind of because it, it'd been a while since he was, re- you know, he'd been playing well, but that was the first yeah. time probably had a chance to win again for a, a while, wasn't it? Um, got the feeling again, maybe he's got that out of the way, comes into this event slightly less uh, depth in the field in terms of high profile names. Uh, you know, comfort, comfortability factor of being in Georgia, it, it might just be enough to get him over the line. Just the way he's hitting his irons is unbelievable, isn't it? That that was it. Always used to be that his putting in short game is brilliant, but he's got mm. a full package again, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, it's, it's, again, you know, it, it, I mean, that would be the only concern was that was that I thought he stalled in front. Um, but apart from that, yeah, he, he's 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 got to go well, hasn't he? Where's the, where's the negative? Well, he was this price for those events that we're talking about, wasn't he? The Zozo and the CJ Cup. Um, and there was, you know, world number one players in those events. So I just think that, you know, you take those out. Yes, respect to the fact that there is some decent players in this field. It is a better field than we both expected, I think. Um, but I just don't think there's any reason to suggest that his 28 to 1, 25 to 1 prices are, are too short. No, I mean, you can get you can get a fifth first eight with yeah. hills um and he's 28 to one for that and it, it, yeah it, very boring but it would hard to it, hard to see 
him, both him and Webb Simpson, out of that eight. Um, and then I, mean, I think you're, you know, you're running pretty. Yeah, there's paid for that, isn't it? So yeah, but what, what's the negative? There isn't one, is there? No, absolutely not. And you know, he's just he's he won another little snippet. Is he actually won the SEC championship when he was at college? That's on this course as well. Uh, the reason I can go on to that is because of some a big prize selection I'm going to put up later on. But that, but he was one of those ones that won here in college. He's obviously at University of Georgia, as we keep mentioning. Um, look, he's he's done his winning. He's he done a winning earlier in his career, so we don't need to question that. It's just a case of when he gets back into the groove. Um, and he would be the one for me out of this top lot that makes most sense. Yeah. yeah. On I, I like to... him and Webb. They're, they're, they stand out. Yeah, on to the kind of um, 40 to 1 range. Sebastian Munoz is is longer than I thought he would be in the odds. I thought that there'd be a, um, a shortening of that because he played very well, Augusta, for most of it. Finished 19th. He's obviously in excellent form. 14th, 9th, 27th, 23rd, 7th and 6th in recent weeks. Finished 3rd here last year as well. I generally expect him to be a bit shorter than that. I don't think... I fancy his chances because I think that I don't know that he'll struggle from the hangover, but I think that there's it was long enough a week. Is you know you've got to get up for your first sort of big major appearance, I guess, and that might just be enough to put me off. But I but I respect his chances at the forties one price. Yeah, he's playing well, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Kevin Kisner's another University of Georgia person that we're talking about. Uh, Brian Harmon the same. I don't fancy either of their chances. I don't think either of them are playing quite well enough right, to. Right. Win. No. But it's that group of players, isn't it? They're, yeah. they're the same player, aren't they? Yeah, and, and they're here. They've got the local ties, isn't it? That's that's the thing, isn't it? And you know, it's it's worth mentioning. But I know you've got another one here at forty to one. Yeah, I thought Jason Kokrak was playing well enough. Um, was he slightly bigger earlier? I'm sure he was. There might have been some sort of fifties. Five points. Well, anyway, um, yeah, I thought Kokrak was playing really well. No, you know, wouldn't have expected him to do anything at the Masters. You know, on debut, we, you know. Don't think anybody did there, so that's absolutely fine. I'm not worried about that. Wouldn't have had a stressful time at all. Uh, before that, yeah, top 20, the Zozo again could have been better, but for the final round, one or the CJ Cup, obviously the one that wanted to um, to get over the line there. Um, whether the Fazio link um, is anything or not, we don't know, but the fact is that it is there. Uh, and before that, you know, he's playing excellent, isn't he? Top 20 US Open, um, six at the BMW, blah, blah, blah. Read it yourself. Um, you know, 15th, the Wyndham, which links into the Kisners, links into exactly the right type of player that we're looking for. Um, third at the Charles Schwab, which links into CT Pan, another one I quite fancy. He all links into to turning up all the time at the right courses. Um, and he's quite high up in uh, par three performance. Oh, sorry, he's seventh in ball striking, third in uh, strokes game putting over the last uh, few months. So, He's playing better than he ever has before. He's now a winner. Um, no hangover. I know his form here isn't great, but has he ever been in this much form? Certainly not. Not around no, the time no, 2012, 2017. Um, and he's putting fantastically top 10 uh, or top 20 in his last four completed um, tournaments. I thought 41 actually sort of underestimated. I can't believe I'm saying this about Kokrak, but I thought I underestimated him a bit. Yeah, no, I can see it. I... I was expecting him to go better last week, obviously, but it helps you out probably that he wasn't in the thick of it. Um, but yeah, I just 
I just think, you know, at the end of the day, you've got to find greens and you've got to make birdie putts, and he gives himself plenty of those chances. He puts it close to the hole, whether he converts them or not. He did when he won recently. He's in the form of his life. I actually said, you know, a lot of people were saying that it was a long time coming and, and he was, a you know, someone that sort of thrown a couple away. But I don't. I think he's just improved massively as a player recently and, and taking his chances when he had one at, at the CJ Cup. So, yeah, I respect his chances completely. Charles Howell III uh, is a former winner here, isn't he? Um, yeah, top 20 guaranteed, isn't he? Loves, loves it here. First, 13th, 9th, 7th, 6th. I... I was when he was sort of playing well at Augusta early on in the week. I thought maybe keeping an eye on him sort of tallied away a little bit as expected. Um, but I was, you know, again, he's worth mentioning. But the other person at 66 to 1, who I thought that you might be interested in as someone that you have put up a couple of times in the past, was Doc Redmond. Um, yeah, I mean, he had that fourth at the Bermuda where, um, you know, could he have done better, maybe a little bit? Brian Gay obviously won there. Um, at the third, at the Safeway, again. It counts, yeah. You know, it's another, you know, another link, isn't it? The third at the Wyndham, as well. It's a big birdie machine type place. Um, again, had his chances to win, so he's had a few chances now to, to get in without really necessarily chucking one away. But he's got the heritage form. He finished twenty first there. Could have been slightly better. As Travellers, he's played well out where Russell Henley's played well as well. Um, and he finished twenty third here last year. Uh, and that was just enough to kind of sort of suggest to me that he's comfortable. He shot 73 on the final day, but he shot 66, 67, 66. Um, so I just thought 66 one about him when he's been kind of 33s, 40s, 50s, and for me, easy to ignore. I thought he was a fair price in this field. Yeah, absolutely. He's 11th in par 4 performance, um, just outside top 30 in par 3 course. Incidentally, just go back on Henley. Henley is second in par 3 and third in par 4 performance this year, so... That shows how well he's playing. Uh, but Doc Redmond, yeah, if he gets the putter going, I think the 62 that he hit at the Safeway was sort of pushed forward his reputation maybe a little bit more than it, it maybe needed to. Yeah. Um, you know, he might be flattered by that. I'm not sure. He is one around there that, that you could look at. I just thought his lack of winning was uh, an issue when compared to, um, well, look, I mean, you know, there's others around that that um, I fancy a little bit more. So well, the thing that's, that stuck, stuck out to me a bit is that it is a kind of maidens victors kind of course, isn't it? Tyler Duncan got yeah, you know yeah. a win here. Austin Cook won in his rookie season. Mackenzie Hughes got his first win. That was it. His first win here, I think it was. Yeah. Um, Kevin Kisner, I think, broke through here. So you know, it, it's a place that suits these first-time winners, slightly inexperienced. Um, and he's probably a bit more experienced than, than people maybe think. So, yeah, I just thought 66-1 was fair enough. Um, there's others around here as well. Mackenzie Hughes, we just mentioned. Um, I was I said to you sort of before we came on, I was really surprised that he was 66-1 because he's been playing some of the best golf of his career. Um, you know, that's, that's probably a bit of a small sample size, but mm. he's, he's playing the best he probably has seventh last time in houston when i didn't really fancy his chances this is an event he's already won he's got the second at honda where there's a bit of uh bad weather the corrales tournament where he had a chance to win again um in 2019 he lost to graham mcdowell and third again this year where he was two shots behind hunters and swafford that's another tom fazio design it's a uh, coastal so you're looking at it he's got 
a first at the RSM, a second at the Honda Classic where there's wind, third at the Travellers which links slightly, uh, the Corral is two top three finishes. Um, I just thought, you know, that 66 to 1 was quite big for someone that's playing so well. His key was his putting, wasn't it? That, that was yeah. the thing that, that's caught everybody's eye. Um, I was on when he got beat um, by Hudson Swafford. Um, well, he was yeah. he was he was he was was he favoured that week? He was was he fourteen to one that week? Yeah, yeah. Do you remember? Right? No, he was second yeah. in, wasn't he? He was second. Oh, it's a Zalatoris, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, he, he's playing really, really well, and he, he puts like a dream. And you know, well, you know, if he's over a seventy foot putt, he's got a chance, hasn't he? <laughs> well, absolutely. But or, or you know, or was that a run of a run? We, you know, we're not sure yet. Um, but he obviously likes it around here, um, and why not? Yeah, absolutely. I just, an, I just, it's it's, it's just another one I just thought was too big. Yeah, I, just I mean, it was a big price. Do you know what? I do think that the way these tournaments are more and more looking, it, it they do look more like exchange plays rather than. Yeah. Um, do you know what I mean? Because there's so many, and the, and I think there could be so many changes in the field uh, and the top ten as we go. You know, as we go into Friday and Saturday, that I just wonder whether these are more exchange plays uh, tactics. You know, you can do yourself. Because, um, like you say, I mean, the more you talk about it, the more there looks to be twenty in each tournament that that you could play, and you could back ten and, and miss the top ten, couldn't you? Well, I mean, in the day, I came in, I had two people that I really wanted to talk about for this event. There was um, the one that I'm going to go on to in a minute that we both agree on, and one big outsider for for other reasons that I'll go on to. But they were the two main ones I wanted to talk about. And, you know, we discussed Russell Henley beforehand. It was impossible, really, to, to not mention him. Look a bit more in stock Redmond. And you think, OK, well, I think he's a relatively big price. And then Mackenzie Hughes, you just don't... I don't get where the 661 comes from. He's a former champion here, playing the best he can play, all the correlating courses. Like you say, it might just be a case of trying to <laughs> trying to limit the people that you pick and, and trying to spread it about on the, on the exchange. But... That's for you know that's personal preference, isn't it? Let's go on to that one person that we mentioned that we both want to talk about, JT Poston. Um, I think it's very obvious as to why he's got a chance. He's yeah, big price. He's a big price, isn't he? Well, he's got he's got the win, hasn't he? He's got yeah, the win at the Wyndham in 2019. He's got two top eight finishes at the Heritage, which we're saying links, and it, well, not just saying it links, it does link. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was 20th in Hawaii in 2019, where he shot two 66s. It was just a very low scoring week. Uh, otherwise, he, you know, most years he'd have been a lot higher than that. Um, it's local. He's, yeah, local. He obviously lives on St. Simmons Island, and he's putting brilliantly. That's one of the things. He's, I think he's uh, I can't remember exactly what it is. I think it might be uh, third. I think it is in this field, uh, in terms of second in putting yeah. over the last eight events amongst this field. Fourteenth in strokes gain approach as well. Um, tied fourteenth here last year. There, there just really isn't anything not to like. Um, I try not to get myself too convinced that someone's going to go well because it tends to end uh, disappointingly. But two sixty sixes to frame his week last year. Um, I don't really remember too much of what he done, so I can't say whether they should have been better or not. But it's enough, isn't it, to suggest that that he likes the place, um, and he's just in good good form. You know, he missed the cut at the Masters, but there's no real shame there. Finished twentieth in Houston, which again which maybe could have been a little bit better, but wasn't. Um, third at the Sandersons, 
27th at Shriners. I just think there's enough there to suggest that he should be short in the hundreds one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and and you know it's not a fluke on his putting. It's like you know sometimes you look at the 2021 stats, they're not over a long time, and we do trust them. But um, you know he was top 20 in in putting throughout the whole of 2020 as well, and he was better than that, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah. Um, when we put him up, at, uh, maybe the Heritage, I can't remember where it was now. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm absolutely on your side with him. Uh, generally, I mean, generally his pain creates strokes. You know, look at his last few, you know, eight to four, two and a half, three and a half, and there's plenty more before that. So yeah, I agree. I mean, it's you know, over here driving distance is, is you know, doesn't really matter. Um, yeah, hundred to one is is wrong, isn't it? It's it's what thirty points too big, possibly more. Sixty six would have been the right price, maybe not even that, to be honest. Yeah, I uh, think that's just what brings it into so many people into the event, doesn't it? Is the fact that it's not a big hitter's golf course. It's not dominated by that type of thing. It's just there is a case of, and that's why I think people can come into it where their results are not clear cut I mean I don't think people coming here off the back of five or six missed cuts but people coming here in the 50th 20th they might have been a trending with their irons and they get hot with their pus that week and that's the sort of course that allows you to do that yeah yeah um, there's you know I think again it's one of those ones where I'm going to have to try a bit like uh, South Africa I'm going to have to try and sort of limit uh, the people that I am going to pick but I think there's a couple of names that are worth mentioning before we go too much further um, I think Cameron Davis is going to win at some point. Aaron Wise is coming back to form, has played well here. Uh, Matthew Neesmith is a name that I've seen pop up a lot. Uh, not for me, but I think that possibly you've, you've mentioned him a couple of times. And the yeah. other one was Brian Gay. Um, you know, he absolutely loves this golf course. It's exactly the sort of golf event that he does win. Um, and he has just won. I know I don't think that he's good enough to win uh, twice in one season, but he's won, was it four times? He's got two top four finishes here. 150 to one seems a bit big. Very hard, very hard to do it, isn't it? But why not? Yeah, he's yeah. in great form, isn't he? Likes it around here. Yeah, I couldn't see it myself, but I'll probably say the same thing about whoever wins it. To be honest, <laughs> I've got I've got three more players to mention, and I've got to decide which ones I'm going to pick. But I know you've got one round here that you want to mention as well. Uh, but what what price? Of, 125. Peter Malignati. Well, Manarty, he's yeah. been put up by an awful lot on Twitter. Um, obviously, nobody influential. That's why he's still still the price. But yeah, he was um, second at the Sanderson. Uh, played really, really well there. Um, that was the thing that, that everybody caught on to. But you go back, he's got um, form at Sony. Uh, you know, with the likes of Webb Kisner, Norland, who's got form here, Charles Alford. Um, he's the par four leader. I believe in 2021 he's also the best putter in 2021 what you've got to do is ignore his five missed cuts but is he a better player now than he was then I mean he's, he's always been sort of you know in and out hasn't he we've never really known what he's going to do but uh, again it's a price thing isn't it if he's 66 you look at it and go mm, I don't know 125 given his skill set and given what what this course requires I mean you know it's it's again stupid but it's big isn't it yeah absolutely I just that is one of the, the things that's going to happen this week is there's going to be a lot of people who go well oh, slightly big mm. like and and you've got to try and find <laughs> that's that's part of the you know difficulty of the job is trying to find which one of those is going to do it but that is as simple as it is there's I would not be surprised 
if one of the winners is between 100 and 200 to 1 this week. Mm. Like not not even a little bit surprised. Um, although the fact that you obviously we're saying you've got to respect the 10 to 1 favourite, but Tyler Duncan beat him last week in the playoff, didn't he? Last year. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, he's not, he's not bomb proof that he, 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 to win, but he certainly, I mean, like we say, I'd be surprised. You know, he, the problem with betting each way is he looks like he will be in one of the places. Russell Henley looks like he will be in one of the places. Um, I expect Kokrak to be in one of the top 10. That's three of 10. Um, so now we're chasing seven, you know, or sorry, not seven, uh, top eight. So we're now chasing uh, five places. Um, that, that I think, is the only problem. But, yeah, things happen, don't they? People don't play the way they expect them to. Um, and it's all relative. Um, it's, yeah, as you say, I think Poston stands out really um of the three figure prices but yeah i don't know if you've got any more tom well i've got um just a couple more will gordon um played pretty well for three rounds uh in houston had a terrible opening round um but he actually his approaches he was fourth in strokes gain approach for the week um finished i think was it 10th last year he finished um in this event so you know that's promising enough as it is. He had a 68, 65, 70, 66. That's what started basically him going on his sort of uh, run of form where it saw him finish 10th, 21st, 20th, 3rd. Everyone got really excited about him. Uh, played a lot here collegiately. Uh, and actually his instructor works out of um, Sea Island as well. So that's one to, to keep an eye on. I haven't decided if I'm going to play him yet. Adam Long was another name that I thought was worth mentioning because... He, like Will Gordon, his approaches were brilliant in the Houston Open. He finished fifth uh, that week as well. So he was basically exactly the same as uh, as Gordon, but he finished the, the actual event in 11th place. Um, he had a fifth at the Corrales, which I'm sort of saying is a is a tie-in. Uh, probably should have won it. Shouldn't he? There's probably no denying that, really. That should have been his tournament. Comes second at the 3M Open behind Michael Thompson, 13th for the US Open playing really well when you look at the fact he's finished second in the Maya Cobra as well another wind affected course I was surprised to see him because again we've mentioned there's a lot of you know players between here that we think can win but he has won he's won the Desert Classic he's nearly won the 3M Open he's come second at the Maya Cobra 13th in the US Open 10th at Bay Hill um, you know he, he's a quality player who's striking the ball well and it should suit him as well so that was one sort of one there and the last one I want to mention is the amateur. He's now actually the world number one amateur, and that's Davis Thompson. Um, there's tons as to why I like his chances. Um, I'll try and breeze through it as quickly as I can. Um, but he was tied 23rd on his debut here last year. Obviously, he's still an amateur, but a little bit more mature. Um, calls St. Simon, St. Simon Islands at home, so very comfortable with the with the place. He won the Jones Cup on the island. It wasn't at the course, but he won that this year and finished second last year, which is what actually got him into this event. Finished fourth on the seaside course in the SEC Championship. Um, Will Gordon was one of the people that he beat. Uh, he also beat uh, Sahith Thigala as a player of the year and Augustine yeah. on multiple occasions. Um, two you know, big amateurs that he's taken on. Georgia Bulldogs just play brilliantly on the PGA Tour they've all got a great record he's got plenty of people to uh, learn from 
And I just thought that that opening round at the US Open, where he, you know, led briefly, didn't he? I thought that was going to be enough to kind of drive his price down to a point where I wouldn't have to go into all this uh, <laughs> all this uh, gibberish to back him up because I thought he'd be too short. Um, but he was out there. He's, you know, he's 300 to 1 uh, with 8 places. And I just thought he's the best amateur in the world, like, statistically. He's got 4 wins. Um, he's also got a second at Hilton Head. Uh, again, it's not the actual heritage course, but it's in the area. So he obviously plays these types of events well. He's got the local ties. Uh, he's beaten players that we're talking about here in college. Augustine played very well at the Augusta last week. If he's as good as you know everyone's expecting him to be, and as he showed last year on his debut, you know which is his first start ever on the uh, the PGA Tour, then I think there's probably enough in there to, to take a chance at eight places of 300 to one. Yeah, I think that's a lovely um, summary of his chance. Fantastic. I, I, yeah, love it. I, I, you know, like we discussed with, um, I know he's a bit more well known, but Jaden Shaper over there. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, love, absolutely love it. You know, um, absolutely nothing wrong with that. Spotting that, I mean, I know he's again. You know, for those that look at amateur form, and, and there will be a fair few that do. Um, you know, it's there in front of you. But yeah, well done. Pointed it out, and and you know, backed it up perfectly well. So, be very very interesting to see how he goes. It's been a long time, isn't it, since an amateur won on the PGA Tour? Phil Mickelson, 1991. Uh, Scott Verplank, 1985. So it doesn't happen. Um, Shane Lowry obviously done it um, on the European yeah, Tour, yeah, as did yeah. Danny Lee, Pablo Martin. Um, so it does happen in different things. And I just think that if it's going to happen on the PGA Tour, which it, it's going to happen soon, because we keep talking about how well these kids are prepared in college now. Yep. isn't it you know how how ready they are to come out and win i mean we saw it with morocow wolf um hovland etc they're all they're all ready to scotty scheffler they're all ready to win very early on um i don't know if he's in that category of players we'll, we'll find out but he's certainly if you listen to what the people are saying he is that that level um and it's now his chance to prove it and i just think that the fact that he's going to be able to do it on a course that he knows in an area that he loves and calls home, um, and, you know he shot a 66 on the final day last year, which I think yeah. uh, was the second best score of the, of the day. I think there was a 65 from Tringali and Tyler Duncan. Yeah, I just think there's plenty enough in there to uh, to give him a chance at 300s. Yeah. Any more to mention? I thought Taylor Gooch was worth mentioning, but I'm not that excited yes. about his price. He's playing really, really well, um, patting really well as well. But the other one I have to mention, I think he, he actually, more I look at it, he appeals more, is C.T. Pan. Mm. Um, Sobel puts up, Jason Sobel puts up, a, you know he comes out with these great things, doesn't he? Yeah. So his only career victory took place one week after the Masters last year. Yeah, it was April when he didn't play in the Masters, but, you know, it's a thing that happened, which is, you know, you've got to love things like that, haven't you? Um, that was the thing. Everyone was commended about the fact that he was the, the person that had to wait the longest for his after securing his master's berth was it 19 months he had to wait yeah. to actually play in the masters that he'd, he'd qualified for uh, and he comes out and plays very well the week that he gets a chance but you know the fact is he's, he's, his win was um at hilton head at the um heritage which we've yeah. said you know we believe has a link um he's also got form at the Wyndham. he's got form at the charles schwab which is all the same people again isn't it um he's my cobra as well yeah, he's 11th in par three stature, which I think is important. 
Um, and round here, he's got round to 66, 64, 68, 65. And even when he missed the cut in 2018, it was only 71, 69. And we've always said, you know, we're not worried about rounds like that when they miss the cut. Um, look, he's in and out. We know that. Twelfth at the Sanderson Farm, which which does link into a few of the uh, form lines across the winners and the top fives over the years. Um, he's in and out, but that, that was a you know that was a cracking effort last week. Um, sort of never nearer seventh, I think was the uh, is the phrase you'd use. <laughs> but it, nearly won this in 2016. Shot 71 on the final day. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, he did. Finished yeah. three behind, didn't he? Yeah. So thirteenth the year after. So he's got the the pedigree of it's, this golf course. If he's still buzzing after last week, and his tweet suggests that you know he might well be, um, he, he's absolutely over the moon that he's obviously coming back next year. Oh, mm. sorry. Yeah, he's next year. He's coming next back year. in six months' time for the next Masters um, on a course that he likes. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I just thought seventy to one was actually. You know, a few points too big, given given his where he turns up. Let's put it like that. Yeah, um, it ju- it just worried me that, like you say, it's not that he was so heavily involved because he he never had a chance of winning. No. Um, it's just how much of a lit down is this tournament going to be after just experiencing something like that? Mm. Like he's going to come here and go, RSM Classic, just played in the Masters last week, got up on in six months, just played yeah. really well there as well. But he's just one from that middle ground. That, that it, it was either him or Gooch, um, which is why I mentioned Gooch. Um, and I, 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 you know, came down on the side of CT Pan just because no reason. I think as well the, the, the one thing that's probably worth sort of mentioning on that is when he won the RBC Heritage, he then played okay the next week. He finished thirty fifth, opened with a sixty six. Uh, and then very quickly he had another third place finish as well. So he's not someone that's just going to rest on playing well. Um, and he is a, a very talented golfer. There's no denying that. Um, it's just that this field seems to be stacked full of them. Um, and it's trying to pick them apart. I mean, I'm sitting here now trying to think of when I do my summary in two minutes' time, who it is that I'm going to actually put up after mentioning all the names. Because I can't put them all up. It's just impossible. But there, there's probably one rock solid I think we agree on in Russell Henley. Um, we're both very, very happy with JT Poston at 100 to one, and I'm going to stick with my 300 to one amateur to to break the the run of no amateurs winning since 1991. Don't know why. I think the last time I got this excited about an amateur having a chance was Chris Williams, uh, who doesn't play golf anymore. Um, so maybe it's probably not best to get too excited about it. But you know, you never know, do you? You don't know. They've got to start. They all start somewhere, don't they? They do. Absolutely. Let's let's try and summarise it then. So are we both put in Russell Henley up at twenty eight to one. It'd be there somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, we'll go there. I'm definitely putting up JT Post on a hundred to one. I don't I don't really see anything I don't like about his chances and eight places in this field when you know I think it's actually beneficial the fact that he got away after two days from the Masters. Um, to me, I'm I'm happy with that. And then this sort of area is where I've got a couple of sort of names to sort of decide upon, but I think Adam Long at 150 to one, uh, and Will Gordon I haven't quite decided about yet because I think he's one of those players that everyone kind of hypes up and he hasn't done it yet, and I just need to. But I was surprised that he was actually the price that he is, so I'm going to give him some some strong consideration. 
your summary? Don't know. I'm, I'm finding it hard to sum things up. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Henley, yes. Kokrak, yes. CT Pan, yes. Malnati, I take the chance with. Um, Poston, yes. On the sidelines. Gooch, Todd. You know, I, I, I genuinely, this week is is doing my nutting, mate. Um, I don't know. I, I, you know, do you know what? It might come to a point where I have eight in each and just do cross doubles and leave it. Um, because it's it's actually as you rightly said just you know three and a half weeks ago when we started this podcast um it's it's actually really they actually are really interesting tournaments you know and they're very very competitive it again like we say it wouldn't surprise us if if Webb you know wins this by a few um but if he doesn't yeah it's terrific yeah there's there's every chance of, of anybody winning this isn't there really do you um, think I say anybody? Okay. Obviously not Henry Stenson, but you know <laughs> anybody else. Do you think that sometimes it's an easier event to bet on because people, you know, in terms of exchange price and things like that, do you think people um, are not as quick on the market prices because there's a bit of a hangover from betting on the major the week before? I, I don't like this event at all. I, I like. I think there's a view. I think there are events where you go, no, I don't fancy the top five, um, and I don't fancy the bottom. 50 for example um and then you are you know you you can make cases and, and you can make decent case of three four five but I, and, and i just think at these events it's really really difficult um and it's, it, i enjoy them to watch um but I, I find them very very difficult to to look at in terms of playing um yeah i, I just don't, don't like them because we can't oppose the top lot and therefore it becomes very very difficult and if you could, like i say we could probably split this field up into um groups of six to ten and you'd find somebody from each group that you can make a valid case for that gives you 15 players so it's it's really really difficult and and i, I genuinely probably for the first time do not know do not know what to do this week <laughs> i think it's a case of uh Sitting back, Get we've back done. We, we've we've assessed, haven't we? We've assessed the players that we like. We've assessed what is required. We've spoken about it, and now it's a case of going back, uh, regrouping, if you like, and and putting some bets on along the way. If, if there's any others that we haven't mentioned that we that we feel needs to be spoken about, that's what Twitter's for, isn't it? We can we can put some more up and and maybe be a bit more bullish on selections, etc., etc. I have one very quick. Uh, sort of comment rant if you like there's nothing really it didn't really affect us but i found it really funny i saw some comments on twitter if you watched if you saw any of the american coverage augusta and uh, don't allow them to talk about mud balls okay. uh, so dotty pepper had to call it an organic matter on a golf ball <laughs> really there was there was an organic matter on his ball Someone, I think someone's in the end. I think there was people just going. I mean, you've got Bubba Watson literally shouting "mud ball" in commentary, and they're not allowed to say it. I think there's something ridiculous like they're not allowed to say uh, "back nine." They've got to say "closing nine or something. There's just an awful lot on there that that the Masters don't like. They're mentioning, and they were very happy to mention Lee Elder uh, and how amazing it was that they they let a black player play there. And but it was actually after however many years it was. 
that it didn't yeah. do. It was it nineteen seventy five they first let them in, so I think this uh they're digging themselves into holes they probably shouldn't bring back up and just uh you know, move on from that. But other than that, the Masters were what the Masters was. Uh Dustin Johnson's probably celebrating with a few sandwiches. Uh, any any new sandwiches you've come up with that you want to mention before we uh, get out of here? I'm sandwiched out, Tom, at the moment. That's... But I'll be we, next week. We'll 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 return and and we'll be we'll be more up for it. It's just Good. I just think we're tired. That's yeah, all. I'm absolutely exhausted. I mean, I've, I've barely got actually a voice left. It sounds like I have, but I haven't. Um, I don't know if you can hear it straining in, but I but I definitely can. So uh, we'll wrap it up there. It's gone longer than we expected it to. Uh, there's more picks there than I thought there would be, but uh, very happy with with the week. I think there'll be good tournaments, and I think there's some value there to be had. You've just got to find it. Absolutely, yeah. Jason, thank you as ever, mate, and we'll uh, we'll catch up again in a week, and uh, at some point I will give you a week off. It's coming up. No. Christmas. <laughs> thanks. Cheers. Yeah, thanks, I'll let you have Christmas Day off. Yeah, thank you very much. No, no problem at all. I, I don't mind. It's just I, I just think it's... You know. There is an element of golf fatigue coming up. I think everyone's kind of feeling it because I think everyone was building up to this Masters as the last thing. And I think a lot of places have kind of gone, right, that's me done for the year, haven't they? Uh, that's that's me done for, for golf betting uh, and moved on to other things. But but we'll, uh, we'll plough on every week. We will do. Yeah. We Absolutely. never let you down, folks. <laughs>